Now establishing data link. Accessing. Good evening and welcome to this week's edition of Make It So. This week, due to um, a little bit of... Um, due to us being Marty bastards. Due, yeah, uh, well summed up. Uh, due to us being Marty pair of bastards, um, we've decided that this week we're going to discuss why we love Star Trek. It's about bloody time. It is about bloody time <clears throat> because, quite <clears throat> frankly... Most of the time, all we're doing is bitching about it. So we've got to talk about why we love this show. Can we jump in straight away, sorry, and just sidetrack a little bit and talk about what I did to the forum? Yeah. Because there were quite a few people on it when it died. Aww. And I feel quite bad about that. For those of you that don't know, we have had a forum up and running related to this podcast for since we started. And quite a few people have gone on. There's been some good debate about Star Trek. I don't know what you debate about now. There's been some good discussion about discussion. Star Trek, I think is a better way of saying it. Now, I, I was sort of fucking about with it last night and buggered it up completely and had to delete the entire forum and its database and all of that and reinstall it. So it's back, but everything is gone and you need to go and sign in again. Sorry. <laughs> Geordie would never let this happen. <clears throat> no, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't, indeed. Uh, In fact, Geordie never let this happen to his podcast forums. I know. I'm ashamed. Yeah. And I'm sorry. But they're back now. A blind man did a better job. But they do more... It does more things now. What does it do? You can subscribe to the forum as an RSS feed and get all the latest posts in your RSS feed reader. Oh, excellent. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, that's nifty. Yeah. Yeah. LaForge never did that. No, he didn't. And also, you can post YouTube videos and Google videos in your posts. Oh, excellent. Which is also good. So if you want to talk, show everyone a YouTube video, you can make it appear on your your post. Smashing. There you go. So, why we like Star Trek. Okay. Um, right, well, do we want to go back a little bit and maybe talk about where, I don't know, where you first got onto it? Give me your first experience <clears throat> of my Star first, Trek. My first Star Trek experience would have been sort of 6 o'clock BBC 2 Tuesday tea times. Wednesday tea times. Wednesday tea times. No, going back earlier, I know you're thinking of Next Gen, which was Wednesdays. Uh, I'm going when they were showing the original series reruns right. on BBC Two. And I always thought it was a bit weird, but I knew I liked it. But I didn't really I wasn't very much aware of it or anything like that. Right. When I first got into Star Trek was I remember oh what was happening? My mum had gone out for some reason. My dad was looking after me for the evening on his own. Um and we went out and rented a video and that happened to be Encounter at Farpoint. Ah. Because I picked it because I knew what Star Trek was, but I hadn't seen any of this next generation stuff. Right. And so I watched that, and from that moment on, I was hooked again. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Can't remember how old I was, but I was in Cubs, so I think I was about nine. Right. I can't, I can't specifically remember. I think I was younger than you, but you're older than me, so it was probably around about the same time. Yeah. Um, I think it was watching Star Trek Three on the telly, um, BBC One, I think. Because it didn't have adverts, I remember that much, yeah. and I just remember watching it, thinking this is this is dark. I don't think I probably thought it's dark, but I did think this is really good, um, and uh, really liked it. And then uh, made it my quest to watch Star Trek Four, Star Trek One, Star Trek Two, um, and then 
thinking that Star Trek Five. This is how young I was thinking that Star Trek Five was actually Star Trek Three because I read the back of the box and it said something about hijacking the Enterprise, and I remember thinking, making the association with Kirk hijacking the Enterprise, and thinking, oh no, that's that one. I have seen that one already. I don't want to. Need, don't need that one. I see. And then waiting a couple of months <clears> and then realizing, no, that was Star Trek Three. So Star Trek Five was something completely different. Renting it, thinking, great, another Star Trek movie, and then watching it, and it was Star Trek Five. Um, Whether well, we just yet again having somebody hijack the Enterprise. Yeah. Spot. Back onto negatives there. Back onto negatives. Sorry. So I'm going to back off that one. Um, yeah, so yeah, I remember watching Star Trek 3 and just being very encapsulated by it. And I, I actually do remember that's that's why Star Trek 3's got a really fond place in my uh, in the Star Trek canon for me, generally. It's Whereas a good most, one. most people don't like it, <clears throat> don't rate it. I really rate Star Trek 3. I watched it for the first time all the way through last week or so. Right. It's just not one I've ever really come into contact with, mm. to be honest. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. The hijacking of the Enterprise is an amazing set piece. Absolutely spectacular. And James Horner's music is incredible. So yep. Now would be a good time, Mr. Scott. Christopher Lloyd's a fantastic Klingon. The doors, Mr. Scott. Aye, sir, I'm working on it. But yeah, the fact that we had Chekhov in a 19th century schoolboy outfit... Didn't yeah. help. But other than that, there's nothing really to deter from the film. Um, it was the first sort of film where you got a sense of the fleet because you got the Grissom and you had the. Um, uh, there was another star- There was another Federation vessel. The Grissom was yeah. shit though. The Grissom, yeah, but you got the Excelsior as well. So you got a sense of more than one yeah. ship, which you hadn't. You know, you had the Reliant in Star Trek Two, but you didn't really have you know much more than that. How do and you then- have a yellow alert in space, Dark? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I can think of quite a few reasons actually. Yeah. The power's out. Um, maybe the space stock's being attacked. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Deanna Troy got behind the helm for ten minutes and, and crashed, crashed the it. ship. Yeah. Crashed the ship into the space dock. Yeah. I mean, surely that can happen. I bet yeah. it could. That was, um, yeah, that's that's a wicked one. And how, how naff is the Excelsior Bridge? I never noticed this for the longest time. I remember seeing it when I was younger and thinking the Excelsior Bridge was was shit-hot, futuristic, because that was what it was meant to be. It was meant to be like the yeah. the next generation of, of, you know, was it Transwarp Drive? Transwarp Drive. Yeah, and, uh, and all that, and uh, level please up your shaft. And all that stuff, but the but the, the, you go to the bridge and you think it looks wicked, and it's got that guy who died in RoboCop One with the grenades. He's, okay. at, he's at the helm, you know. When um, oh, what's his name? I even called him Airhead off RoboCop. Oh right, yeah, he's, yeah, he's at the helm. If you watch it again, and uh, and I also thought for the longest time that the captain was actually the guy who played Odo because he looked like him in Star well, Trek. Well, he's 6. in quite a few Star Treks. Mm, he is. Yeah, it was actually the same bridge as the Enterprise, just painted differently. Mm. They used the same set. Did they? I remember reading that on IMDb. I'm sure that's the Reliant you're thinking of. It might be the Reliant, I'm thinking. So I'm thinking it's a completely different set. I don't know now. The Excelsior. You've thrown doubt into my life. Yeah, Reliant was exactly the set, was the set and they just painted the doors green. Mm. Um, hence the mirror image, Khan, Kirk, Nemesis. Fair thing. enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and that, yeah, Christopher Lloyd, I have had enough of you, all that stuff. Great, great film. Brilliant. And David gets stabbed and it's all yeah. good. I love Kirk's reaction to that when he tries to sit down and misses. Yeah. And just falls there. It's Clean very well done. Bastards. Some good William Shatner. Ad- uh, Some of the best acting, William Shatner. 
acting. I said advertising because I thought of the old brand advert that I saw (laughs) last night with William Shatner. I eat them now just because he says so. Uh, I don't know what that's about. It's just got one of those voices, Rich. It's the power of advertising Mm. aimed perfectly. You got Captain Kirk to tell me to eat brown flakes. So I'm fucking gonna. (laughs) Don't know what that's about. (laughs) It's never worked before. Nope. It's just because he's not William Shatner. Yeah. He is Captain Kirk. William Shatner doesn't exist. No, we like to think not anyway. Yeah, I, I know that sounds a bit more airing on the, the psycho fan side of things. Yeah, that's... But he is Captain fairly Kirk. Fairly metaphysical analogy, man. That's yeah. quite... Yeah. He is Captain Kirk. Anyway, what else do you like about Star okay, Trek? Okay, well, well, then there was that, and then there was all, um, you know, I watched the films, and then Next Gen started on BBC Two. Yes. Um, and that was the end of that, basically. Um, Next so. Gen was just awesome, you know? Yeah. I just remember being so excited. This is going to sound so sad, but I remember being so excited on Wednesdays. Yes. When I got home from school. Yeah. A couple of hours, my fix of Star Trek, and I'd record it, and then I'd watch it back about once every night for the entire week until the next episode came out. Mm. Then I'd record that and do the same thing again. And I remember being really, 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 really upset once when we had to, we were doing something on a Wednesday night, like a parents' evening or something, and um, set the timer, and the timer didn't work quite right, and it missed the first half of the episode. Or maybe it was the other way around. Maybe Terrifying set, maybe event. It, yeah, missed the end of the episode, and for the longest Go time, on. I can't remember which episode that was, but I do remember thinking, ah! What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Terrified. No, I remember that, you know, the after-school sort of Star Trek. Yeah. It's brilliant, you know. I mean, and, and Next Gen especially. I what I've, I always come about those bloody DVDs I've been getting. Mm. But I love them so much. Mm. We talk about good and bad episodes. They're all good. They're all entertaining. I could sit down and watch any one of them at any given moment. Mm. You know, I'm even watching them when they're on telly and they're ones I've just watched that week on DVD. <laughs> I'll still watch it on TV because they're that watchable. It is a timeless show. And the the way that I've gone through buying the series as well is like with ne- I've never done that before mm. with any other series at all. Just one after the other and just eating them up. Eating? eating. It says a lot that you can do that, mm. I think, for the show. It's... It is. I'm trying to think what qualities about it, though, attracted me to it. Because, I mean, what else was on when we were young? Fuck all. What else was on? I mean, I remember trying to experiment with watching other sci-fi. I knew I liked sci-fi from an early age. There was no sci-fi. And then Star Trek Next Gen came along and sort of brought sci-fi back as a genre. Yeah. And other things followed it. Babylon 5 came along a couple of years later and that sort of thing. Yeah. And none of it really took hold as much as Star Trek. No. And I think it had that strange familiar... You know what? That was a word, yeah. Yeah, Familiarity. Familiarity. That's one of the words I have trouble with, as you've just seen. Um, That it was new enough, but it wasn't too unfamiliar. Right. We we understood how it worked straight away. There was no exposition needed for anything. We knew what Starfleet was. We knew what the Enterprise was. We knew what the Federation was. He's the captain. I get that. Mm. All that sort of thing. And you're just into it straight away. You see, I'm interesting you bring up Babylon 5 because I remember getting into Babylon 5 
um, and then losing it on the last series. In fact, it's still... I've got all of the Babylon 5 on, on DVD, but I don't have the last season because... And that was the one I didn't watch properly because the story ended at the end of season four. Um, effectively, that was it. That, that, there's nothing more they could do after season four, but yet they did another season. Um, bit like Lost. Um, but the, the problem with... Um, Eat watching Babylon 5 was even when I was watching it and they do a load of dark shit you know they wiped out an entire race in one episode with a virus and it was a really dark episode it was so much darker than Star Trek the characters went through so much turmoil and so much shit people generally you know someone came on in an episode and had an issue of some description or was fleeing from somebody um of some description in an episode of Next Gen or something like that, generally, chances are they'd probably survive the episode and then they'd learn something about how they really loved Deanna but they couldn't be with her or something like that. Yeah. Babylon 5, they usually end up dead. Um, the guest stars, that is, that, you know, pretty much most of the time would end up fried of, in some capacity or have to kill themselves to save somebody or whatever. But the... The point was, is that even when I was watching all of that stuff on Babylon 5, all I was sat thinking was, oh, God, I really wish Star Trek would do something like this. And even not really thinking about why I really wanted Star Trek to do something like this, but more for the fact that I loved Star Trek so much, I always wanted to, to sit to do the big battles, because Babylon 5 used some very ropey CGI. And it was done on Commodore Amigas. Mm. I remember that very clearly with the video toaster capture card. Indeed. <clears throat> you could buy one for an extortionate amount of money and make your own special effects like Babylon 5, and you'd watch it thinking, why? <laughs> it, it looks shit. Yeah, it did look shit. And, Occasionally and it would look all right, but the majority of the time the CG looked appalling. It never looked as good as Star Trek. No, which still stands up today. But they could do more because they were using CG. Yes. Then they could. So all the time, I was always wanting to see the Star Trek level of, uh, of visual effects applied to the scale of the battles that were going on in Babylon Five. But I always wanted to see Star Trek do it. I wanted to see. That's why I love DS Nine when uh, DS Nine got yeah. to the end because they were doing the big fucking shit that Babylon Five was doing, and that was what. You know, and there was some problem with that, which later on I learned that there was a copywriting issue with. They they said that Deep Space Nine ripped them off and stuff like that. Really? Yeah, because it it's very similar. It's very similar. First two seasons, space based, space um, station, um, a captain who's a bit of a prophet in both of them. Right. Uh, about season three, Babylon Five got the White Star, and then the White Star fleet. About season three in DS Nine, they got the Defiant. Um, really, big, I had huge no idea. Wars, loads of things like that. Just that, that <clears throat> which was always never, never proven. But there was always a bit of a debate that Star Trek was ripping off Babylon Five. I always accused uh, Sequest of being a ripoff of DS Nine because they had Sequest DSV that came out shortly after Star Trek DS Nine. Ah. Uh. And it was like, what, couldn't you have just thought of a different name? Well, they I mean, basically changed it to Sequest uh, 2039, didn't they? Yeah. With Michael Ironside. Yeah. It's like, ran for like 10 episodes or something. And they weren't similar shows. I mean, one was mm. on a submarine on Earth, the other was on a Sequest, yeah, space. Sequest was another space one that came out, but that was always on at random times and Saturday afternoon. It was an ITV one. Yeah. And they always fucked about with shit. And you couldn't ever mm. remember when it was supposed to be on and couldn't catch it. Babylon 5 was another <clears> one that just jumped about the, the schedule. 
to the point where like they, they showed their like their darkest, most violent series at twelve o'clock in the afternoon on Channel Four. It was too cliquey, Babylon Five. It wasn't mm. as big as Star Trek. No, but it did have a following that was worth catering for. Yeah, it just wasn't that big, and no. because they were so dedicated, they could stand to be fucked around mm. with stuff like that. They'd follow it. Yeah. Now, if you move stuff. That's you, it. Yeah. You, you're screwed. Although I'm told less and less people are knowing what channel something's on and just recording the show itself. Mm. But that's a Sky Plus TiVo sort of ah, right. thing, you know, just set to record a series of Star Trek rather than a time on a channel and stuff like that. Mm. So we we digress. We digress off this one. So what 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 was it about Star Trek then? What was it that? Dragon, you have an amazing set of characters because I mean, effectively, what we're talking about is a bit of the movies, a bit of the show, a bit of the original show. But for us, for our generation, it's next gen that drives yeah. us in the most. You know, it's certainly the most hours put into watching a series. <laughs> so much hours. So many hours. So many hours. So many hours of your life. They're, they're everywhere. They have to be worth it to be watching these things over and over again. I we we end up staying up till two o'clock in the morning watching Star Trek. Because mm. they they're actually quite short. Once you're not watching them on TV with yeah, adverts yeah, yeah. in, so you just like I want to watch another one. That's it. You think oh I watch two oh. episodes of Star Trek. That's two hours though. No, it's not. It's only an hour and a half. Yeah. So you could maybe cram in another yeah. one. Exactly. Yeah. And so you do, and then you think well there's only one more left on this disc. disc. Watch That's that it. Yeah. Because that finish one, this disc. It's always the fourth one. That was the one I really wanted, wanted to watch. That's the best one of all these four. Of yeah. course we've got to watch that one. You've got to see Patrick Stewart's acting in this one. Yeah. That sort of thing by the way the Sarek episode fucking amazing which one oh where he cries at the concert and he's got the emotion and he just meld with Picard brilliant absolutely brilliant Patrick Stewart's genius that's a good one and all that I find it as well what's really interesting is that when you were younger you didn't really appreciate I mean certainly I mean you and I work in films and stuff and we know how how films work we watch an awful lot of films we've made films and understand the mechanics of it and we understand what's good film act well what what's believable film acting and what's believable story premise what's make what makes something tense etc 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 so what's interesting is watching watching back and realizing how good some of the acting was and how good some of the stories were and how yeah. clever you know like i mentioned earlier drumhead for example i i remember watching drumhead when i was younger and not liking it that much because it was a very dialogue-centric episode it was about a tribunal and it was dealing with things that didn't i didn't necessarily understand then watching it again a couple of years later and fucking loving it because it was it's shit hot basically it's really good acting but then you know but just generally not understanding why necessarily you you like these things when you were younger but then you watch them again and you sort of realize oh yeah that was why but you just you didn't know that but you didn't need to know that yeah, I'm seeing a lot more watching it as an adult, definitely. Mm. But I think you get a lot more out of stuff watching it as an adult anyway. Mm. I mean, it wasn't until I went back to uni and started watching Star, Star Wars again mm. that you, you appreciate things a lot more and hate things a lot more mm. in the case of Star Wars. Unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, there's something new every time you watch it. Did you have the Star Trek vocabulary effect when you were at school? How do you mean? Um, in that my vocabulary when I was especially young in middle school like 
um, when I was younger and I first started watching it was leaps and bounds ahead of most people in my class. And that, you know, people when I was um, let me think how old I was. You know, most nine-year-olds don't know what the word improvise means. Yeah. You know, things like that. And I can't remember offhand other words that I learned, but you know, there were so many words that I used to come out with and impress my teachers with. And that was quite... <laughs> but I do, I do remember getting one of my assessment reports once, and it, it did say, um, and "Michael has a, a very, um, what was it, a vast voca- a very good vocabulary for a child his age." And um, <laughs> I asked my dad what the word vocabulary meant. <laughs> They didn't, they didn't bring that one up. St- kind of put a dampener on the compliment. Yeah, that brings it down a bit at the end. Look, Mike, it says you've got a good vocabulary. What's vocabulary mean, Dan? <laughs> Sorry. Mm. I would agree that, yeah, it had an effect on me like that. Mm. I, I think... There were studies. There were studies that Star said... Star Trek makes you cleverer. It does. I am a better human being... Well, for liking Star Trek and understanding especially it. Especially next-gen. I mean, there's not as much... I mean, there is in Voyager to a certain degree. Deep, Deep Space Nine had a, a different set of agenda, uh, a different agenda, as did Enterprise. Yeah. Um, but with Voyager, and I, I don't know about Voyager particularly, but I imagine people who grew up with Voyager will probably have the same things to say about it as we have about next-gen because there's more. it's more morality-centric episodes. And there is a great deal of morality in DS9 as well, don't get me yeah. wrong. But... It taught you how to think, and things like um, what's the one where they put data on trial to see whether or not oh, and the commander calls him it, and measure of a man, measure of a man, and yeah, and things like understanding what sentience is, what 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 is yeah. a sentient being, someone who is aware of themselves, and all these things that it taught you. Um, moral fortitude and you know standing up for what's right and etc etc and far more than say i don't know um house on the prairie or whatever it was you know any other television show that was being broadcast at that time it would teach you yeah teach your morals teach your vocab teach your teach your kids um ideas um i mean i remember people watching and as someone mentioned this on the deleted forum um <laughs> about how how their parents would sat sat watch back to the future 2 and started scratching their heads yes and i had the same thing where i did they watched it they were like, well, what's going on? And I knew exactly what was going I've on. I've never had a problem with time travel. No, I never had a top problem with the... But beyond the normal physical problems yeah. that we all have. But understanding the basics of it, I mean, yeah. not necessarily the theory of relativity was a bit more complex and stuff like that, but just understanding the basics of, like we were saying last week about chaos theory and other scientific principles, which they would explore. Yeah. Um, not mentioning socio, um, socio, uh, social commentary, and- social political commentary, which they were making at the time as well, and just understanding what was bad about what was good about you know the the race issues. Um, the only thing that Star Trek never really tackled was homophobia. And still to this day. Well, I think you could argue in certain ways it was actually cutting edge because they had the girl and girl kiss in Deep Space Nine. That was, and but that was based on a previous relationship where one of the girls was a guy. So that was kind of... I don't know. It that was, was still sort of... Skirting around it. Although I do remember watching that for the first time and I think... I'm trying to think how old I was. That was series four of Deep Space Nine, which came out in... 1996 so I will have been 15 and I do remember watching that for the first time and um, it's sort of me and my brother watched it and kind of turned to each other and was like right this is going to sound weird 
But did you just get a bit aroused by that? <laughs> I don't think we used the word aroused, but we were just looking at... No, man, it was hot. Two girls kissing, and actually never seen that before. And... Star Trek was your first... Star Trek wow. was my first girl-on-girl kiss I there ever saw. And, that, and, and seeing that, thinking, something about that. And I don't know what it is. That's weird. I'll just dismiss it. I'm probably a freak. And then learning out later on that most guys get turned on by two girls kissing, which is... No, I, I, I learned a long time ago, however big a freak you think you are, there's always a bigger freak. There is always a bigger freak. There's always a bigger freak into something far freakier than anything you've ever imagined. <laughs> Which is quite a disturbing thought because I've imagined some freaky shit. But anyway. So my, my advice to parents um, who have eight or nine-year-olds hanging around the house um, and you want to teach them something, you know. Let them watch Star Let Trek. Let them watch Star they, Trek. You used to be able to buy this poster. I might have mentioned this before. That was everything I needed to know I learned from Star Trek. And then a list of all the important life lessons you can learn from Star Trek. No, I've never seen that. I've searched and searched the internet for such a thing. If anyone out there has one, send me a picture of it or something like that, Uh, because I'd like to remind myself that it exists and see what's on it, because it was very funny. Uh, You can't get them anymore. Maybe eBay. Mm. I might have a look now I think about it. I was just remembering as well the amount of money I spent on all my pocket money, all my birthday presents, all my Christmas presents... Everything was on Star Trek. Like yeah. there was the um, there was I remember there was one Star Trek magazine which didn't take off and it was a bit crap. And then there was Star Trek Monthly which came out I think just after Next Gen was finishing and I bought that for a while. Before I had the, the Star Trek fact files. Oh, I didn't know that was a bit later on. I didn't get that. Awful, 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 and such a bloody faff. <laughs> you'd, you'd get it every every fortnight and rather than it being a magazine it was actually a collection of random pages glued together right and what you did was you basically broke them all apart and put them in the right order in the folders see the problem I had with all those ones was because it was a constantly evolving program yeah. As soon as a new episode came out which dealt with something that you'd already covered, then instantly your file was out of date. I remember getting the Star Trek uh, encyclopedia on CD-ROM. Yes, it was, out of, it was out of date as soon as I bought it. You know, there was yeah. things that I didn't cover in there, but it was good. I hate that about it all. And that folder system eventually built into, like, 12 massive folders of crap God. after you spent thousands of pounds on it collecting it over nine years. There was the Star Trek poster magazines. Yes, there were. I, I had a those. few of those. I've never really gone in for any of this stuff. I joined the official Star Trek fan club at one point. Oh, I never did that. I can't remember what you got for it. I never bought a uniform either, but you did. I didn't buy a uniform. My mom pa bought me a top back from Vegas when they went out there last Aww. year. That was all. And you still got the next-gen insignia on your key ring. I have, yes. My key ring is a next-gen insignia. Excellent. Uh, what else? I got... I, my sister and I both bought each other a Star Trek hand phaser for Christmas one year. I had the hand phaser. Um, you had a tricorder as well, I had a you? tricorder as well. Um, what else did I have? We weren't children then. We didn't play with toys like that, but oh, we had I did. them. I had the action figures as well. I, had the, I wonder what happened to them. It's just those things are lost in time, like mm. all my Star Wars figures. Oh, I had the shuttlecraft. Oh, and no, I've still got my um, Star Trek uh, Next Gen Enterprise, uh, Romulan Bird of Prey, and Klingon Battle Cruiser that make noises and you can fly them around. They're so amazing. Still got them at home. I might my, sell them on eBay. Yeah. Even my little sister once went to a, a non-uniform day at school 
in fancy dress as data. <laughs> My mum made her a little orange uniform. She put white foundation on her face and pulled her hair back and went Aww. to school as data. It was incredible, actually. See, because there's, there's a whole thing about it being sad and it being a, a geek yeah. thing to to be into this. But, I mean, look at us. We're two, well, reasonably rational human beings. Um, it's no different to liking football or anything like that. It isn't. That. We were talking about this the other day, weren't we? The obsession thing. Yeah. It's... And uh, why is it that somebody who can reel off a load of information about Star Trek or movies or um, science fiction television shows in general is instantly labelled a geek, whereas someone who can tell you exactly who's in the lineup for every team in the Premiership, um, how many goals they score, last season how many goals are going to score this season uh, take odds on that who had a penalty when etc etc on a football exactly. game is somehow not a geek exactly you know what I mean that, it's, all bollocks. it's all bollocks it's just labelling isn't it and I think the Star Trek community is generally a community of lovely people indeed because of the values you learn from being such a fan of the show exactly and the, the thing is is that that's just grown up out of a love for the show I suppose. You just watch it and you get into it more and more and you watch it so much that one day you realise you know what they're all going to say. We have a T-shirt that says, uh, not what was it, the whole, what would Jesus do? I want one that says, what would Picard do? What would Picard... That is what I think in my everyday life when faced <laughs> with an awkward situation. Be like Captain Picard. Mm. What hell of a thing to have such an effect on people. It is. I'm sure that's not, I'm not the only one. Who's no. thought like that? No, not at all. It's such a wonderful thing. It is. And quite mad. Yeah. Quite bizarre. I had another point I've forgotten. About. I was going to say as well, I was, you know, I think it was about season five of Deep Space Nine when I started to, um, season four probably of DS9 where I started to notice girls and then things started to shift away from Star Trek a little bit and that part of my childhood was left behind to the certain to the extent that I didn't go around buying all the Star Trek books and the Star Trek posters and the uh, and everything else and I started to get into movies and things like that and and more and more but I will still come back to Star Trek you know my Star Trek VHS collection is still as big as it was when yeah. I stopped buying them in fact it's bigger because I bought series 6 of DS9 the other week uh, <laughs> really? last year on eBay it was really cheap because oh, right. I had to see it um but I yeah, can't, just, I can't wait for them to come out in Slimline now. They all come out this year, probably. Superb. And I can waste more money on Star Trek. Indeed. Well, not waste it. No. You'll watch them again. You see, and most, I, I found that most of the people in my life that I've ever met who are nice people generally like Star Trek as well. Yeah. Just by coincidence. You never met someone who liked Star Trek as much as us who wasn't a nice person person generally no I've never met anyone who likes Star Trek who wasn't a nice person but no. generally all the nicest people I know like Star Trek mm. Alison fucking loves it mm. it's great uh, and everyone else does too it's, it's, it's been nice doing this podcast about it because it sort of rekindled everything for me to do with it. Yeah. I'd sort of let it wane for a bit and lost interest and Enterprise finished me off it kind of goes in circles doesn't it it kind of like you end up do you ever find this? It goes in phases where suddenly, about once a year, you get a massive, you know, I really fancy watching a load of fucking Star Trek, you know? Yeah. And there's nothing else you want to watch. You look at, like, all the DVDs, all the movies you own, what's on the box, what you've just got on the internet, you know, everything, and you just think to yourself, 
I really want to watch Star Trek. Just want to watch Star Trek. Just want to watch Star Trek. That's the only thing I'm in the mood for. And it lasts for about two or three weeks, and that's all you can really do. And then it's gone again. But And then it takes about 12 months to build up that need again. It's kind of like a, a fix. An it annual, is. It's quite fix. weird. Hmm. Mm. I might try and keep it, just keep it going. Indeed. Just keep it going all year round. I think have we adequately covered why we like Star think Trek. We so. talked praisingly enough about it for, mm. for a good so. half. An so hour yeah, that was so. for all of you people who didn't like um, us slagging it off so much. We're um, sorry. We're sorry. It's it, we're not really slagging it off. We do love it, as you can see, if you as you can hear, if you've listened to this podcast. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and we only slag it off because it's fun. It's fun, and we only do it because we love it. Exactly. If, we, if it bothered us, we'd be you'd know. Yeah. Listen to movies you should see. Yeah. And listen to us talk about something that actually genuinely winds us up or pisses us off. <laughs> and you'll see the difference. Venom. You, when we hate something, I swear to you, you will know. Mm. You will know. Speaking of movies you should see... Listen what, to it. What was the last one we did? Sexy Beast. Sexy Beast. Indeed. I really enjoyed it. It's a good show. It's a good show. And it's, it's a bit ladled down with theory, but that's Mark's fault. Um, it's gone down very well. It and has gone down very for well. the person who said, very philosophical, we need a bit of a no-thinker next time, we also have a no-thinker coming up next Indeed. time, I think. I'm looking forward to... I'm also looking forward to the Christmas shows. Yes. We'll get a bit what are we going to do for the Star, the Star Trek Never Had Christmas? What are we going to do for the Star Trek Christmas show? I never thought about it, because you, you are against all things Christmas, yeah. generally. Yeah, I suppose it's just not, it's just going to be an average episode with a Merry Christmas at the end, isn't it? I can put the jingle... No, I, we don't have a theme tune. We don't tune. have a jingle for the show. No. We don't. Should we have a theme tune? And what are you going to do? I don't know. No. Apart from trying to put together some sort of Star Trek-esque orchestral no. music. And that's just be a bit no. shit. Otherwise, you just got some random tune that has nothing to do with it. Tell you what, if there's a fan out there who wants us to have a theme tune, send us a theme tune. There you go. There's the your answer. We'll have a competition. Send us a theme tune. The winner gets their theme tune to be our theme tune. There's a prize. There's a prize. Quite seriously. No, no time lapse on that one at all. Whenever you feel like it. Yeah, um, that's fair enough. Um, we also did. Uh, or do you think that's just bollocks? Show just came out as well. Oh, just right. plugging other shows now. Weekend watches on Thursday. Get them all on the Simply Here feed. Mm-hmm. Go to simplysyndicated.com slash simply here and get all the shows we do on one feed plugging over oh and you can vote for us on podcast alley so should you so feel like it indeed is that a sentence never mind and as well as always uh emails are welcome and comments are we had another one slagging us off for slagging off janeway should i bring it up um uh, yeah you could do or should we talk we'll talk about it next we'll week. talk about it next week yeah okay we'll get yeah so, oh, the email address is makeitso at simplysyndicated.com. Uh, I think we've also had some audio comments. Check out the webpage. There's, you can send us an audio or you can phone in on Skype or something like that. It's all on the website, and if we get some audio comments, we'll play some. I've got a good one I need to play, but I haven't got it with me. Never mind. Excellent. That's everything. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that, and forgive us being mean. <laughs> Goodbye. When it comes to movie reviews... What you want is intelligent, grown-up conversation. If we hear any, we'll let you know. If you can see Chuck Norris, he can see you. If you can't see Chuck Norris, you're seconds away from death. <laughs> <laughs> Movies you should see 
from Simply Syndicated. Find us at www.simplysyndicated.com slash movies you should see.